0: Disney Time Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Disney Time Podcast. I'm your host, Micah, and joining me today are my co hosts, Nelson. Hello. And Rissa. Hello. Hey guys, how's it going today?
1: Pretty good.
2: Doing okay. Kind of sick of being at home all the time.
0: Did they uh, finally get you uh, working at home?
2: Yeah, I've been doing it like on and off this uh, past week. Um, It's not very efficient, but you know, gotta work with what we got. Yeah,
0: yeah. Risa, you you're you're unable to work from home, right? You're considered essential.
1: Yeah, um, I work for a pharmaceutical company, so, um, we have to go into work. I'm in the QC department, so I can't really uh, work from home. All my work is in the lab.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I've been working from home, and you know, how's,
2: I don't know how's don't know that know working is, for you?
0: you. I'm I'm starting to, I'm starting to feel some like uh you know like I'm making up. My own symptoms or something, you know, <laughs> trying to feel stuff. Yeah, you know? like I got body pains and stuff, but it's like maybe it's because I'm not moving enough. You know,
1: gotta start working out. Get <laughs> I was
2: back gonna on say 90x. Like,
1: pick
0: up maybe some I've just gotten too sedentary or something. You
1: yeah, know? go for a walk. You live in on a hill, so uh, yeah,
0: yeah, that would be a good walk.
1: That'd run good some walk. run some hills. You know, like bring it back to high school. Up and school. down, up and down.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh yeah, like even today for me personally, like. I live down the street from Avon's, um, mm-hmm. and so I needed to get a couple things, so I just walked there instead of taking my car. So oh
0: yeah, see, there's some they're getting some steps in there. Yeah, cool. So on uh, on today's episode, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about the uh, Pixar movie that came out called Onward, and um, they're actually planning on bringing it to Disney Plus earlier, a lot earlier. <laughs> than uh, they, they had planned. I mean, even as initially. of this
2: recording, it's already out on digital.
0: Correct, yeah. It's on digital right now. So, um, you know, it didn't have much of a chance to, to do well in the box office, but uh, we'll talk about that uh, when we talk about this movie. So, I think if you guys both already saw the movie, right? Uh, Risa, you saw it, right?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I only got to see it once. So, okay. hopefully, uh, this review is detailed enough
0: okay okay and uh and nelson you saw it once right
2: i as well yes uh i saw it on the 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 thursday before its official kim like uh debut premiere ah yes like it's it's weird how movies you know it says it's gonna come out this one day but then the theaters will show it the previous night (laughs) right right (laughs) We'll start showing it the previous night and uh yeah since it being a Pixar slash Disney movie, I definitely uh, would prefer that.
0: Yeah. Um, and so there was a, a premiere on Feb 21, 2020. And they premiered it at the 70th Berlin International Film Festival. And in the United States, it, it was premiered on March 6th. So I did I watched it on the day after the premiere, so March 7th. Um, and actually uh it, for for it costing 175 to 200 million dollars to c- produce it it garnered a, about 104 million dollars worldwide and you know the theater started shutting down so it wasn't given enough time to actually become a success so um rissa what do you think about that uh i mean in general it seemed to be doing well right
1: well it wasn't slated to be like a the biggest box office draw, you know, that Pixar has ever seen, um, but it was definitely plotting out to be pretty solid in the box office. Definitely not a, a good dinosaur situation happening. All right. Um, but because of coronavirus, it, it, I think it might have even been worse than the Good Dinosaur in mm. terms of financial um, standing
0: at the box office. Right.
1: At the box office, yeah. So I guess we'll we will see um in terms of like sales how it does um on digital because they're they are putting it on disney plus so if a lot of people are already signed up or they still have that free trial going on um people might sign up for the free trial and then watch it and then drop off you know you never know
0: yeah yeah so what what did you think nelson you think it um it was it was gonna be steady or like, you know, a solid movie or based on the performance before all the theaters closed down?
2: Yeah, in all honesty, I thought Onward was going to be, um, it was going to do quite well because i it felt like Disney had a lot of faith in it because they they were promoting the heck out of it. So, um, yeah, I, I thought that um, it was definitely short change. It was just, it's really unfortunate the timing on um, all this, uh, the pandemic really. It's, kind of, it's thrown a wrench in the world as a like how it, the world functions <laughs> and uh man it, it it just blew way out of proportion and it's still not in control really so yeah the overall situation is just it's really sucks uh but uh, and obviously yeah onward and many other things have uh suffered because of that
0: yeah yeah so um before so earlier on, um, I know Rissa they they did a D twenty three Expo um, like reveal of this of this show that uh, when they were still like in the talks for production phase um, prior to I think it was a twenty seventeen right yeah um, twenty seventeen and, and then they also again this last D twenty three Expo we got to see a little short clip of it um, so I it was think more they detail too. Yeah, there were there were two clips that were in the movie that they showed us, you know, like one's part of like earlier on in the movie and then when they went on the adventure. So we saw two of those clips. Now um uh so what do you think was what do you, what do you think of them um, you know, giving us those little bites before before we actually got the movie?
1: I thought it was a good um preview. Um I I think that from 2017 to 2019 um there was probably something lost in translation there um because from the description of like just their storyboards and the development of the story i thought they were going to lean a lot more into the family aspect of of the story um but they kind of relied really heavily on like slapstick and the comedy aspect of it um Mm. And I felt it was kind of lacking in that emotion factor. I mean, you definitely felt emotion towards the end. Um, but in terms of the whole journey, you didn't really feel it like running in the background.
0: Yeah, because from from what you were saying, uh, when the director, Dan Scanlon, was talking about it in 2017, there was that emotional connection because of Um, it being related to his own personal story right so the development in the movie itself do you think it was a little bit less uh, polished than you thought it would be
1: I I just think based on the pitch I thought it was going to be a lot more emotionally driven and a lot heavier Um, but I I felt like the payoff in the end wasn't really there for me Um, I understood what they were trying to get at but uh, just based on how he was describing his relationship with his brother and his relationship, or lack thereof, with his father, um, I-, I thought that, and the way that he his voice hitched every time he talked about it, even in 2019 when he was talking about the movie, I, I thought that it was going to be, I was going to connect with those characters in that way where I was feeling it every step of the way. Um, but i really didn't feel it until the end when the movie hit the climax and and resolved
0: how about you Nelson did you um did you feel that way too where um it was not as emotional throughout the movie until toward the climax
2: yeah i i kind of do have the same sentiment where um yeah you know, like the promotions and like the little clips that we saw at D23 and I mean, we heard from Rissa about uh, when they were talking about it in the D23 of 2017. So, and after having seen the preview in the last year's D23, I was pretty excited for this movie. And don't get me wrong, I did enjoy it. But, yeah, I just felt like it didn't deliver in the same manner that I was hoping it would.
1: Yeah, it wasn't a Coco moment.
2: Right. So, I mean... it it definitely like hit hit the heartstrings, and I agree. Toward the end, it wasn't the whole movie like I was kind of hoping it would.
1: Yeah, it wasn't like a soft burn, you know, where it builds and then all of a sudden you just kind of fall apart. That that's how I felt with Coco, where it was it was the story was like right in the background, like you weren't thinking about it the whole time, but as the story progressed it it started to like the floodgates started to open like slowly and then just by the end when miguel singing remember me with mama coco like you just it's uncontrollable crying at that point
2: yeah i actually just recently watched it or just had it playing in the background (laughs) because i'm at home (laughs) and oh man i couldn't I couldn't help myself. I did definitely cry. Again. Right?
1: Every, every time. Like <laughs> every it doesn't time. matter. Like it, it's because it it just has that innate sense of family built into the story just right from the get-go. They establish a story about um how family is important and it it's, you know, woven throughout the 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 knit of the the story where in onward you would think that that's It's implied because they're a family, but there wasn't enough to grasp, um, especially since they're building a world, right? It's it's not something that you can just relate to right away because there's different rules in a fantasy world. So it's harder for an audience member, especially younger kids, to grasp different stories when you're trying to do a lot of things like building a fantasy world and then melding a family unit within it. And we don't understand... The, the way that their family operates until like you get further into the story already so you're not as invested right up front
0: yeah like you know when they when they introduced Colt Bronco i was like you know the officer i, I didn't even get that he was um supposedly like supposed to be their father figure until you know he kissed the mom and i was like oh that's why he's there okay yeah, yeah. and then it was um, just like ill <laughs> right I was
2: yeah. yeah, I was thinking like
1: awkward. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: So it's it's like um the, do you guys think that they were either trying to do too much or they were just trying to scale back so that the the kids can enjoy it more? What what do you think um what do you think they ever saw about that?
1: I think it was probably a little bit of both. Um I think the creators of this story are, are like mega nerds because there were a lot of different aspects of not just Disney Easter eggs in there. It's like Lord of the Rings was embedded in there. Um, D&D, a lot of D&D was, was in there. Um, it, it's just a lot of different things that they're trying to cater to. They, they want to cater to our generation as millennials. They want to cater to... Um, the 80s lovers you know with um the music and all of the the references sort of like with the resurgence of stranger things kind of indie type of thing right um but i think they also wanted it to be relatable enough to the children so maybe they were taking shortcuts maybe the movie was getting too long and they had to cut a bunch of things that didn't really make the movie as cohesive as it probably originally was. Um, so I think maybe that's where they lost some of the emotional connection.
0: Okay. Alright. So um Nelson, usually you you have a bunch of points that you uh come up with in the movie. You have any uh <laughs> any that you came usually. up with
2: this? <laughs> uh I actually don't have any notes this time around. Okay. Just because I typically do that if I see the movie twice. Yeah, Twice. the second
1: time. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. And I was okay. planning to. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I, was I really wanted to. <laughs> to. <laughs> but I mean I guess we have a chance starting this was it Friday, Thursday? But um Yeah. Yeah definitely. It'll be on Disney Plus shortly.
0: Right, so then we can watch it multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> so um so yeah, so basically the the story, you know, the the father died when the kids were young, the, and uh, it seems like Barley and is the older one, and then Ian's the younger one, and Barley had, I guess, what was it, three memories of his dad? Was, was it? Or, mm-hmm. I, I think yeah, it was he, three. Yeah, yeah he, he had three he good ones or, at first, yeah.
2: Oh, oh, was it just two? Okay, yeah. I remember- yeah, he said two the, good ones, and then yeah, he actually had a third just, one is what he told I just told remember Ian. the last one was his sad memory.
0: Right, so he had two good ones and a and a sad one with the dad. So basically, they were really young when the dad died, and then um, they when the younger brother Ian turned sixteen, there was a gift from the dad, and obviously it's the a staff, a wizard staff, and the phoenix gem, and a visitation spell that would allow uh, <laughs> allow him to come back for twenty four hours. They find out, and so yeah, Barley tries his hardest with the staff and. He doesn't have the magic touch, but Ian tried it, and eventually it started working. And then when the the dust settled, it was only half of
1: his dad. So can I take us <laughs> on a tangent here? Yeah. Okay. So I know that the world is built off of um, what was the the story or the role playing game that Barley played? Uh,
2: something of your.
1: Yeah, the Quests of Yore or something like that. Yeah. So it's, it's similar to D&D rules. So in D&D, if you're a spellcaster and you fail to cast a spell, it doesn't partially work. It just fails. So I didn't really understand where the rule was coming from here, um, where only half of his body worked and why they only had... Like a few hours left once he recasted the spell.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So how come? Yeah, exactly. Like, why didn't it reset or something, right?
1: Yeah, because it it initially failed, so he should have still been able to cast it again, and it should have been twenty four hours again. But I guess in their world, it doesn't work that way for whatever reason.
2: Yeah, it obviously it didn't work that
0: way. <laughs> They needed a, They needed that for the plot, I guess, right?
1: Yeah. I guess we'll just accept it as it's not D&D. It's,
2: it's d d inspired
1: Yeah, it's quests of yore, so.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, they, in fact, live in the magical world, so they probably have rules that are different than what we came up with here in our world or whatever, right? So, I mean, you're right. It's D&D-inspired, but probably not following the same uh, same rules.
1: Yeah. Okay, continue. Yeah, so then I
0: mean, yeah, well yeah, so basically they're they're traveling with half their dad and they they need to get another phoenix gem because it got used up and then uh, in order to get the rest of the dad to show, they go on the journey and uh,
2: a weird you know, errand.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, the, the manticore um was another one that was introduced um because that's where all quests begin apparently um so
2: Nelson, what do you think of the manticore? I mean, I thought she was funny i for one thing, like I guess it's part of this mythical world, but they must live for like centuries because it seemed like back in the old days before all this technology started, like she was the one still giving all these quests and whatnot, and she's still around. So how the long... same manticore, yeah, right? Yeah, it's the same manticore.
1: Well, if it's like anything with D anD D, she's probably um, a mythical creature similar to like a a dragon um, age where they can last centuries old, um, mm. and just like you know how elves can last pretty long in in like Lord of the Rings or in D anD D, they're they're young considered young if they're only like a hundred years old, you know. So she's probably a mythical creature that has a really long lifespan.
2: Yeah, it it would appear that way because, I mean, she was like, they were explaining in the movie how she used to be, yeah, like the starting point, essentially, of all these uh, quests, but obviously that's uh, everyone's kind of grown out of it and uh, they don't really do that anymore. So she had to adapt and uh, turned her tavern into it it reminded me of a Chuck E Cheese
0: (laughs) yeah yeah or like a round table pizza (laughs) yeah
2: well but I mean because you know there's a there's a mascot
0: mascot. oh right yeah yeah they had the mascot and
2: I mean all the serving the standard standard fare of uh, I guess American food and I mean they even had an arcade and a karaoke (laughs) So it was was kind of just like a whole family entertainment center. And um, uh, it's funny, like, even the, like, she had a color map for the children, the kitties. And it was based on, on, like, an actual quest. And uh, that actually became a key part of uh, Barley and Ian's uh, quest to find a replacement um, Phoenix Stone gem.
1: so my question is they have smartphones, right?
2: right? Right. Why
1: didn't they just take a picture of the map?
2: That's you know. That's a good question. It, it, the spur of the moment <laughs> uh I don't know. Yeah. They obviously never thought of it. Yeah. There's another
0: plot device that was used right there. You know, like burn hey. down
1: the tavern instead know, of taking like, a picture.
0: Just that would have been the simple thing to do. Take a picture of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, you know, they start out there. Um, they end up with the tavern bird down. And then um, they go on the journey. And um, she she forgot to tell them about the curse that's associated with, with taking the phoenix gem out. Um, so the mom, who is looking for them too, ends up going with the manticore to go and warn them and they end up stealing their the sword that the manticore has that that is her mythical sword back she, from a pawn she shop. had she sold it yeah. because
2: apparently she got in some tax issues
0: it's, that's so funny you know like she <laughs> they're trying to
2: relate it. it to like our real world too so yeah kinda she, funny. she
0: owed money so she had to pawn it off <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah that, that's that's what happened in the mom and her end up on their own sort of journey together. Um
2: Yeah, but I feel like that journey wasn't really like I don't want to say purposeful. It was just kind of a a side story of essentially the mom just trying to catch up to her kids.
0: Right, right.
2: Um for this movie it's it's more of the the family or the, the brotherly bond between the ian and barley and uh how i mean ian definitely had his uh his wish he he wanted to meet his the one thing he wanted in like ever was just to have a dad meet his dad
0: yeah definitely
2: because um he felt jealous that uh barley had you know such uh, i mean it was a, only a little time but um yeah he 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 couldn't relate to how barley had a dad
0: right barley had some memory of the father whereas ian didn't have any
2: yeah but um for him to finally like realize toward the end that um he did have a father figure not necessarily a father but someone to look up to and And uh, he just didn't realize it was he was right next to him. So I felt like yeah, toward the end where um, it was shown, like Ian's like, okay, I guess this this is uh, it's important for Barley to have some closure with the uh, with their dad because of that bad memory.
0: Right, right.
2: So he he sacrificed his uh, chance to meet his dad just so you know he could have his brother. Say his goodbye, and I mean, I definitely teared up at that moment. <laughs> that was when it was like you is really hitting you in the feels.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: So, yeah.
0: So, what what do you think, Rissa, of, um, of that that ending with um, with Ian and Barley and the dad?
1: So, the ending as a whole, I have problems with the magic rules. But before right. I get to that. Um, yeah, I thought it was a good, um, resolution to the story, especially with all the teenage angst that was built into the the story as their plot device. Um, there was a lot of tension that they kind of, um, weaved in there, um, with Ian thinking that Barley is a failure and whatever, and not really trusting him and then coming to the realization that, you know, his brother was there for him all that time was his number one supporter besides his mom, of course. Um, so it was, it was nice that Barley got that uh, closure to, to really, you know, finally apologize to his dad and, and, you know, get to ask what his wizard name would be um, <laughs> and, you know, have that bonding moment with his dad, but, um and have his father say that, you know, he's proud of him and proud of, of Ian as well. So it, it was a nice touching moment, but um, in terms of the actual ending scene, um, earlier in the movie there was a scene in which um, Ian unintentionally shrinks um, Barley. Right. Right. Um, so all of his, like his wallet and all that other stuff, like he reverts back to being normal size, right? Yeah. But he finds a splinter in his finger and he makes it bigger. So shouldn't that revert back to a splinter size instead of it being, you know, normal size, the full size that whole time?
0: I don't know. I I was thinking, well, maybe because it's a magic splinter, you know, so maybe it it will stay like that because it has magic in it. But
2: or maybe he constantly just has to cast the He has to keep doing it, right? The, the that growth spell.
1: Maybe, I don't know. But then you would think he wouldn't leave it perched up against the wall at the end cuz it would revert yeah, back to a splinter revert. and then he would lose it.
0: Unless he figured out like a permanence like spell or something like that to keep it that way. I don't know.
1: Well, so I talked to my friend Matt about this and and I said maybe it's because it's uh, just like a, a piece of wood and it's not <clears throat> like in terms of D&D um, a creature would roll to fight the, the status right so Barley would have fought the status of being shrunken Um, so that's why later on he reverts back and then he wants his stuff to go back to normal but the splinter doesn't have that type of stat so he can't it can't like role to revert back to being a splinter sort of thing. Ah,
0: because yeah. it's, it's one of those objects that's not owned by a playable character or something, right?
1: Right, so there's nobody willing it to go back to normal because technically it's owned by him.
0: Hmm, interesting.
1: I don't know. That's just a nerdy theory that I have, but um, that's the only way that I can make any sense of it
2: yeah, this might be um like digging into the details of how the world functions really. At uh we obviously don't have a true grasp of it. But um, you know, kind of like me during the the Star Wars episode 9. Just movie. accept it. <laughs> yeah, just accept it cuz you know, I was it. I was I was looking and reading way too deep in between the lines or, or trying to make sense of things, so might be a bit nitpicky. I don't know.
0: Yeah, so it's like um, it's like. That's that's just the way that their world works, right? Yeah. Apparently,
2: yeah. Just gotta take it as it is.
0: Right. Right. Cool. So um, there's there were a few different uh, people that were that were used as voice talent um in this movie. Obviously, you've got Ian and Barley Lightfoot. So Ian was played by Tom Holland, and uh, Barley was played by Chris Pratt. And then you had Laurel, the mom, who was played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And then uh, the manticore was Octavia Spencer. And then they had Colt Bronco, who was the Centaur police officer. Uh, That was Mel Rodriguez. Um, And then they also had um, Wilden Lightfoot, who was the dad, played by Kyle... uh, Bornheimer. Bornheimer, yep, yep. And then you had uh, Lena Waithe as Specter, who was a Cyclops police officer, and then you had Ali Wong in there as well. Um, she was the Fawn police officer. Um, and then there were the Pixies. Uh, Gray Griffin was do drop the Pixie leader, and then you had the pawn shop owner Tracy Ullman. And I was surprised to see this, but Wilder Val- Valderrama was the college friend of Wilden, uh, Gaxton and then there were some others George Saras as a Avil a police officer and then John Ratzenberger as Fenwick who was a cyclops construction worker
1: you got to have John Ratzenberger in there it's a rule
0: he's he's always in every pixar film right
1: right that's Somewhere. why it, it's a rule
0: yeah it's a pixar thing so yeah what do you guys think of the the main characters so what do you think of uh Tom Holland and Chris Pratt's portrayals here
1: i thought they did a good job um I feel like they didn't really give them as much material to like improvise as much as you would think. Um, especially seeing them in Marvel movies as as uh, Spider Man and Star Lord, you kind of ex- expect them to just vamp with one another and just like play off of each other's um, energy, um, which I didn't really notice because uh, Ian is kind of a serious kind of character. Whereas Barley, he has more of the reins to to you know have more fun, so that's probably where Chris Pratt got to have more fun than than Tom Holland. Um, but I thought they did a, a really good job, and they were really solid with their voices.
0: What do you think, Nelson, of the two brothers?
2: Yeah, so Tom Holland, like when he's speaking in his um America with his American accent, um, he definitely does sound like the more quiet, timid type. As I felt like, yeah, he he played the really good um, Peter Parker when it comes to Spider-Man. Right. And so when it comes to Ian being the timid, quiet one, I was like, oh, yeah, he actually, it fits pretty well. And then, oh, man, I can only imagine how much fun Chris Pratt had because Barley was such a fun character overall. Um, He was definitely way more fun and interesting, I feel. And him just being so... Into his quest of yore, and uh, I love the scene where he had to sacrifice Guinevere. He like put on the tape for uh, like last ride of Valhalla or something like that. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, it's so perfect. And I mean, he just takes it so so to heart. And I felt Chris Pratt's heart in this uh, in his role. Um, I I guess uh, yeah, there is definitely some disconnect when it comes to like the both the interaction between uh ian and barley because of their uh differences um but overall i think they i think they did they the voice caster if, if that's the name of the role they they did a good job on casting the voices for these two brothers
0: nice nice so did you guys have any opinions of of like julia louis dreyfus or octavia spencer at all um or even mel rodriguez as colt um rissa what do you think of those like side characters
1: i thought they were underused um you have octavia spencer you know she's an amazing actress and um julia louis dreyfus is a is a powerhouse in comedy so i I thought they could have had a little bit more playing time um, but just them being side characters, I can understand why um, they did it as they did. But yeah, I thought Laurel could have been bumped up a bit in terms of her comedy content.
0: Mm, okay. Uh, What about you, Nelson? Any opinion on the side characters? You think they needed a bigger role?
2: Well, I really wanted to see more of uh, the Manticore. Uh, I yes. love Corey. Yeah. Well, I mean, Octavia Spencer, she's <laughs> she's pretty funny too. So, I would have yeah. It it's a shame that we didn't really get much more than what we did get, but I guess we'll take what we can get, again. I think they should have a a spin-off series um
0: with with Colt Bronco and the other officers, yeah. Just like, you know? I think
1: they should do a Cory's quests.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, because it's it's the manticore and then she's putting people on quests though. Oh, that'd be like a good like short series. Yeah, or they something. could like
1: have her telling the stories of your, you know, scaring kids in her tavern with her bloody stories of sending people on deadly quests.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean they they can do that for Disney Plus, you know. They they did that with uh Forky Ask a Question. Yeah, you, uh... <laughs> that's
2: exactly what I was thinking. Like they did that with uh yeah, Toy Story 4.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so there was a a little um, bit of censor censorship that happened in other countries. Um, when it came to, if you remember Lena Waites' character Specter, she she mentioned that she has a wife. Um, I think in some other countries they actually edited that out. Um, what are you guys' opinions on that, Risa? What do you think?
1: I mean, wouldn't be the first time that they that other countries are censoring um content that Disney's trying to put out um I, I guess it's their prerogative that they can they can do what they think is right in terms of providing content for for their people but um it's my wish that they would just allow the artists to do um to release their content as they um produced it because that's how they intended it to be. It's art, so um, it's unfortunate, but I understand that they're going to do what they're going to do.
0: So yeah, it looks like what happened was in some Arab countries, they banned it. So countries Kuwait, Oman, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, they (laughs) they banned it in that, and then they changed the dub in Russia officially to say uh, it's not easy being a new parent. My partner's daughter got me pulling out my hair out okay so instead of you know having the my wife in there so that that was a the censorship there um what do you think that was in what do you think of the censorship
2: uh it's not the first time won't be the last
0: yeah yeah true
2: it's nothing new per se um i mean yeah well like i said we've seen it before and uh I mean, I I understand how like Disney is just also trying to be more universal. Right. And, uh, just accepting the world as it is and trying to incorporate and be more inclusive. Mm-hmm. But um, obviously, some parts of the world just isn't ready for that. So they'll do what they want to do.
0: That is true. That is true. So um, in terms of critical response, um, it looks like Rotten Tomatoes, Gives it an approval rating of eighty-seven percent based on two hundred seventy reviews, with an average rating of seven point one four out of ten. Um, yeah, they're saying that it's it might suffer in comparison to some of Pixar's classics, but it it uses it's funny and its own and heartwarming as well. Um, so this is I think it's pretty unprecedented that you know a film that is actually uh, decent. Isn't isn't going to be a, a financial success because of a pandemic? You know, like when did that happen? When has that happened ever? I don't think it ha- ever has happened. No, Not in our lifetime. No. Yeah, <laughs> in, our, well, in our lifetime. The last pan- ever.
1: pandemic was what SARS or West but Nile. They, they stopped it really yeah, quickly. They were right, able to so... get that in control. It wasn't like on this scale. Um, I think the last scale was probably uh, nineteen eighteen influenza.
0: Yeah, and that was prior to film pictures. Exactly, so, so there no theaters showing any films.
1: Right, so the it, it wouldn't have affected media the way that it it you know it does now. So,
0: so um, what do you what do you guys think uh, overall of this of this movie, uh, Risa? What do you think?
1: I thought it was an excellent movie. You know, despite my criticisms of you know not leaning hard enough into the emotion. Um, it was still there, uh, and it definitely had a lot of comedy. It had a lot of um, Easter eggs for me to to search for. I was like searching for them on the internet after I watched it because I was like, "Oh, was that a a Lord of the Rings reference? Um, oh, was that a D and D reference?" So I was like digging in there and trying to find different things. Um, so yeah, I, I, it was a complete movie, and I, I was completely satisfied with it and i definitely would re-watch it again um hopefully on disney plus when when it comes so um i definitely recommend it for people and their families uh especially uh people our age that are maybe nerds like me uh th- you'll really appreciate this movie
0: would you say that it's worth um purchasing on digital
1: I think uh if you can support Disney in any way financially, please go and do it whether it's uh purchasing merchandise or purchasing this movie. Um I think it's worth owning. Um especially if they maybe have some deleted scenes um in the future on the Blu-ray or DVD release. Um you should you should do that.
0: What about you, Nelson? Uh, what do you think overall of this movie and would you purchase it on digital or Blu-ray?
2: So overall, this movie definitely wasn't Pixar's best, but it was still enjoyable as heck. I, uh, like, again, leading up to this movie, I was super excited into um, watching it, just because of what we saw at D23 and all the other promotions uh, leading up to it. And I will admit that, yeah, there was a bit disappointing that we didn't get that same, like, signature Pixar emotional feel like uh, how, you know, Pixar is their, their masters at, um, you know, showing emotion on in their movies. Um, it was a, sl- a, a slightly disappointing we didn't get that same like quality connection in, in Onward, but still the overall movie, how much uh, humor they did put into it. And I was also not expecting it to be as nerdy as I like, as it turned out to be. I didn't even think about it but um I I was definitely enjoying what I was watching so uh again I wanted to see it a second time so I could you know give you those um those critical points of you know my my actual critical thoughts on uh after seeing it multiple times but um I guess I'll do that this coming Thursday Friday when it comes out <laughs> Uh, Overall, yeah, good movie though. I definitely enjoyed it. I do recommend people go watch it. And yes, I will be um, buying a physical copy because um, not only did I not want to just buy a physical copy, but I wanted to help Disney. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. definitely. It's a hard time. I mean, I will admit that right now I'm having such a first world problem of having a, a, a Disney parks withdrawal right now.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. I think a lot of people are, especially those who are APs. Right. You know?
2: Exactly.
1: I mean, we will get compensated. I'm not too worried about that. Um,
2: well I'm not worried about it. It's just I'm having a withdrawal. Right. Right.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Right. It's a, a lot of that's a lot of people's cases. Uh, like yeah. they want some Disney in their life. Uh, I mean, even yeah.
2: Well, it's just for me. It's funny because like I know even though I wouldn't go right now because of um, I'm on a diet. But it's just the sheer fact that you even can't. if I could go, I can't anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the, cl- the parts are quite the literally option. closed. And so exactly, yeah. It's just the sheer fact that they're literally closed and I can't even enter. Just that sheer fact is like, oh my gosh, this is this is on a different level.
0: <laughs> yeah, see, and um, another thing is they... they... Said that they're going to keep the parks closed indefinitely, so yeah. we they don't have a reopening date, and they just announced that they don't have a reopening date um so we don't we don't know when they're gonna even start to open up exactly. even now even now in in Shanghai, where they were opening up parts of of it they they haven't really resumed operations, so you know there's no there's literally no Disney parks open anywhere in the world so you know, even if you could go anywhere, you you can't go to a Disney park. So, yeah, um, these are uh, these are it's different. You know, it's, a, it's different times that we're living in right now. Um, so, Risa, you have any uh, closing thoughts that you want to say to our listeners here?
1: Oh, we're done already.
0: Oh, did you have some more things you want to add to the uh, the conversation?
1: Well, I just thought it was interesting that they're um, a one one three uh Easter egg okay. wasn't Yo. actually a visual thing. It was um an audible thing. Um so that that's pretty cool. Whereas at the end when they called in a a it's like a police kind of code.
0: Oh yeah, they did say something like that and it was A one one three. Yeah.
1: They're like we have an A one one three in progress. Um that was interesting. Yeah. Then there was also um the Pizza Planet truck. I was wasn't about actually... to ask about that. Like yeah.
2: what did they actually have one?
1: There was. It wasn't actually called Pizza Planet. It was called Pizza Realm. Um whoa. Yeah, and it was um at the toll booth. Oh. Yeah. So it was really, really quick when they were going through yeah. the toll booth.
0: Yeah, no wonder I didn't spot it.
1: Yeah. You blink and you miss it right Um, yeah i didn't even see it i i read about it so i was hoping to go watch it again um, and and see it and find all the easter eggs but um as far as what i found i found um a gandalf reference within um guinevere one um there's a sign posted behind yeah the first um there's a sign posted behind where uh ian was sitting that's or the dad. I don't remember who was sitting there, but it says, uh, "You shall not pass."
0: Oh! Oh! Yeah! Oh, wow! Yeah! Wow!
1: Oh, nice. Um, and then uh, at the gas station, um, where there's a lottery sign, mm-hmm. um, it says, uh, w- "A winner is coming." Or, a winner is coming. <laughs> oh, <what>? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's yeah. pretty funny. I actually noticed that and I, I pointed and started laughing because, like I said, I it was just me and my friends in the theater. So mm-hmm. it was just four of us there. So I was pretty loud and I was like talking and whatever. Um, but yeah, I was like, do you see that? A winner is coming right (laughs) yeah um there were a lot of like different nerdy things i didn't really get to like write them down or whatever but um definitely if you're gonna watch it on disney plus keep your eyes peeled you can definitely go back um the mom was uh working out a video that referenced p90x too
2: I thought it, sim- it it looked similar to 88. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah, know if that was on right. purpose. Or <laughs> They're like you are
1: a warrior. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's pretty. There good. there were a that... lot of different things in there that are are pretty nerdy and and relate to our, you know, normal life that I I thought was pretty clever and pretty cool.
0: Nice, nice. I I like that they did that. They they threw in things that we can relate to and then some of them are so subtle. It's like Oh, really? They threw that in there? But, you know, yeah, it, it's in the movie, so yeah. if you want to look for it, guys, you can check it out. Um, Another another thing that I, I wanted to uh, bring up was the, the lawsuit that that was brought up against Pixar. Oh, Vanicorn? Um, oh, was it, the, for, for, was it yes, for the, the Vanicorn. Vanicorn. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, there was a tattoo artist named Sweet Cecily Danaher, and she filed a copyright lawsuit against Disney, Pixar, and the, the producer Corey Ray um, because she had um, a van with a with a unicorn-themed mural that was used in a one-day festival at Pixar. Um, and apparently, it, it looks a lot like Guinevere I. So, I don't know. The unicorn is different than the Pegasus that was on there, but, you know, I would say it's inspired but not exact, you know? Yeah. So we don't know if she's going to win. But they may they may pay her. We don't know yet. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what do you guys think of, the, of that lawsuit? Do you think it's frivolous? What do you think, Risa?
1: Um, I mean, if she feels like she was wrong, sure. But I, I don't think she'll win.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: What do you think, Nelson? You think she'll win some sort of money or to settle settle some sort of money? Uh well, I mean, just to the sheer bo- like bottom line is it's all about the money.
0: Right. Definitely.
2: She saw a chance to get some money, took it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um she she may very well get some money, but with the courts being closed and everything, who knows or how long it'll take.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I got a couple more uh Easter eggs More free. Easter eggs, yeah. Okay. So right. um in the scene where the wizard is being, um, is like showing like the different spells and is like, the, it's the For, old to wizard. the apprentice, y- like yeah, teaching? the one that's like in the montage. Um, uh-huh. mm-hmm. there, the wizard is being surrounded by these flowers, and these flowers, if you are a keen, um, Disney watcher, are the Night Howler flowers from Zootopia.
0: <laughs> really? Yes.
1: Wow. And then he's also in that same scene. He's being watched by an elven version of Bonnie. What? Yeah. <laughs> and within that scene, there's also a group of rock trolls. <laughs> wow, <it's laughs> all in the same
0: <laughs> breath. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's crazy. Mm-hmm. You really, you're probably gonna have to pause it when you get, watch it on Disney Plus, right? Just to catch it, right? Yeah. Wow, that's so many things night howlers and bonnie and rock trolls galore yeah do you find any other uh any other things like that with the one scene with everything in it <laughs> um
1: there was a nod to the triple dent gum um Uh-oh. yeah there's an advertisement in the gas station that's trashed by the pixies um and then there's also a pack in ian's room and then on the counter is a cup of pens with a chicken logo. That's reference to, guess what? Toy Story? Toy Story 2, Poultry Palace.
0: Poultry Palace. Yeah. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, there's a calendar in Ian's room that has the woods from Brave. Uh, there's a map that refers to Brave Wilderness and Lock Lake, um, which are both uh nods to Brave. Um, the toll bridge features a number of cozy cones from cars
0: <laughs> it's a good one
1: Um, you'll like this one they're in the manticore's tavern the cook is actually Remy oh really yeah and the other members of the staff are wearing sorcerer Mickey hats
0: oh I noticed that part yeah I was like oh they're wearing sorcerer Mickey hats yeah <laughs>
1: and then um, when Ian performs the bombastia the firework spell Mm-hmm. There's a hidden Mickey in there.
2: Of but course there would be. Yeah, and then yeah, the the
1: growth spell um picture in, in in the book of magic um the wizard is Yensid.
2: Oh. Really? He didn't look like Yensid. I thought he only had one one eye.
1: No, no, no. The one oh, in, the- in the picture of the in, in the book. Yeah, yeah, in, in the book he's he's oh, you supposed it was a he's supposed to look like Yen Sid oh yeah,
0: interesting, wow there's lots of lots of little Easter eggs there, yeah, and
1: then you know how Pixar embeds um an Easter egg of the next movie coming out,
0: right, yeah, they do
2: that, oh soul
1: soul is the next movie coming out, so we don't really know exactly which what it would be, um because we've obviously never seen um. Soul, but there's people saying that it co- could possibly be the Trinity knot symbol, um, which refers to a connection between mind, body, and soul.
0: Interesting, yeah. So it's not like it's a subtle reference, it's not like a, yeah, straight up reference, yeah, an
1: outright reference. So,
0: wow, wow, that's cool,
1: yeah. So if you're watching it, keep your eyes peeled for for those things. There's a lot more, um. Those were just the ones that I thought were pretty cool.
0: I feel like, in order to see all these things, you'd have to pause every frame just to catch it, right? Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> Go the movie frame by frame. Oh, oh and the goodness. the
1: obvious gelatinous cube.
2: Oh, the gelatinous that gelatinous cube. That, that's
1: a, a clear reference to D anD. d So
2: yeah, I There's was laughing so hard when it that when it finally made an appearance in the movie.
1: Yeah,
0: there really, there really is one of those in D anD. d Yeah. It's and it's called gelatin's cube. Yeah. Wow.
2: (laughs) There's even a Funko
1: Pop for it.
0: Oh wow, that's cool. That's pretty cool.
2: For when uh when they were when he first mentioned it, I was actually the first thing I thought of was a slime from JRPGs. Mm. (laughs) Oh okay, okay. But yeah, similar concept. Nice, nice
0: yeah so i mean i was wondering too like where would they use a gelatinous cube apparently booby traps Yep. cool so anything else you guys want to add uh rissa or nelson
1: i think that covered it
0: okay (laughs) all right so uh final thoughts nelson you had any final thoughts
2: uh for the movie or just oh, uh, or, or, or uh, you you, you want to uh, say closing. anything to our
0: listeners to close yeah in closing
2: so uh yeah guys uh thanks for joining us this week um yeah it's it's a, it's pretty unfortunate the the timing really of uh when onward came out as like i was said before i was really looking forward to it and gonna watch it multiple times but uh you know world circumstances dictated otherwise so um yeah, it's going to be coming to us um, in a more uh, tangible manner pretty soon. So be sure to watch it. And if you can, again, support Disney, then please buy a copy, digital or physical, whichever you prefer. But yeah, it's a really good movie that um, definitely should be watched. So definitely highly recommended it from me and um, hope you do watch it.
0: And uh, Risa, any closing thoughts for our listeners?
1: Yeah, um, thank you for tuning in and listening to our thoughts on on Onward. Um, It's a great movie, so I I highly recommend it. Um, Like Nelson said, it's probably not top, top Pixar, but it's definitely above average. Um, I will resoundingly um, back it over Cars 2 for The Good Dinosaur. (laughs) So, Yeah. Um, it's definitely not bottom-tier Pixar. It's probably not top-tier where, you know, you would watch it on repeat all the time, um, but it's it's a great movie overall, and um, I, I recommend you owning a copy, whether it's digital or physical. Ideally, I would get a physical copy because you, you get all of the bonus features and whatnot. Um, But please support Disney any way you can. They're uh, kind of vulnerable right now. But on that note, also please support any local businesses, um, especially if you're sheltering in place um, and adhering to the guidelines. Um, Please support your local businesses. They need you now more than ever. Um, But thank you so much for continuing to support us. And I hope you um, continue to tune in and um, find a way to get a little bit of Disney in your life.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I'd also like to thank all the listeners for tuning in to this episode where we spoke about our thoughts on the movie Onward. Uh, I personally really enjoyed it and I know my son enjoyed it too. And, you know, it's, it's good for the whole family. It's a good movie that anybody in the family can enjoy. Um, uh, make sure you do support Disney. And if you are missing some Disney and, or are bored at home, then, uh, check out Rissa's video on, uh, she does a tutorial. She has a tutorial video out right now on um, Someone to Lava on the ukulele. If you own a ukulele, check it out. If you don't, check it out anyway. Um, we're going to have some more videos coming out, too, where she's doing some more uh, tutorials. So, you know, look out for those on our YouTube channel. And also, on behalf of the other two, I'd like to say keep your watches. sync to Disney time.
2: See ya.
1: Bye. Later. <laughs>